Hey guys, I'm Court. And I'm Kate. And you're listening to Season 2, Episode 4 of The The Castle Castle Chat. Chat. Hello, Castle Chat listeners. We are back with Season 2, Episode 4. And today we're going to be doing a resort review of the Polynesian Resort at Disney. I'm so, 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 so excited for this one. The Poly, as we like to call it, is a quintessential original Disney hotel and resort. So there's a lot of history, a lot going on there, and it's a fan favorite. I think it's a great one for us to break down today. Yeah, let's jump right in. guys so like we prefaced we are going to be talking about the polynesian today it is one of the three current monorail loop resorts it sits directly across from the lovely magic kingdom and walt disney world and we're gonna give you a little bit of history behind this resort yeah why don't we tell them what else they can expect from the episode what else can they expect besides the history well, you can expect to learn a lot about all things Polly, including pricing, rooms, food, transportation, and amenities. Yep. Just the overall benefit of staying there is definitely something that you're going to want to know. Yeah. To decide whether or not this is a right place for you. Absolutely. To book for your trip. But let's jump into the history. So, the Polynesian, as we said, is an original Disney World hotel. There were two original Disney World hotels when Disney World opened in 1971, and the Polynesian happened to be one of them. It originally was named the Polynesian Village Resort, and it sat to the left of the Contemporary, as it does today, Mm -hmm. and other resorts have popped up around them, as well as all over the Walt Disney property, but this is an OG Oh, so yeah. there is a lot of reasons why people love this resort, but it um, was const- the construction for this started less than a year before Disney World opened. Oh wow! And so it went up very quickly, and as soon as people started staying there, it became super popular. There um, was a beautiful lobby with its own waterfall. It's called um, the Great Ceremonial Hall, and they had luau's there when it opened, as they somewhat still do today, and um, it was so popular that immediately in the late 70s mm-hmm. they went ahead and added to the resort so <laughs> you know within le- it was less than a decade before they were like hey we have a lot of guests that want to stay here we need more rooms so they went ahead and added more rooms um something that i found interesting was that um as a part of this new addition to the resort they put up an arcade for guests so fun and guess what the name of the arcade was what moana mickey's no way moana has been i mean moana is a polynesian word for ocean um i believe but moana has been around on disney property and at the polynesian for a long time that is cool so moana's roots are deep there even though spoiler alert she is very much a presence at the polynesian now but yes. this started the this arcade opened in 1978 
and it was called Moana Mickey's. So um, I thought that was super interesting. It opened with restaurants and shops like it does today. Something that it opened with that it doesn't have anymore is a putting green, oh. which I think is a big pull for <laughs> family. That's so like, cool. People that go to have a putting green at the resort that you're staying at, um, there is now like I think a pool area. Um, now where the putting green used to be but i thought that was interesting that that was something disney thought of when they were first opening this resort uh one of the only original things still left at the polynesian is the tambu lounge it's basically like a a, what it is a lounge you can get a couple Mm -hmm. of quick eats and some drinks that are fun and themed to the polynesian um but all the restaurants that were there when it opened have now received updates and changes um in the 80s the polynesian village resort became disney's polynesian resort they changed the name they did some upgrades but then even more so in the 90s they did this huge overhaul of what people knew as Disney's Polynesian Mm. Resort. Um, They upgraded the rooms. They upgraded the pools. They really wanted to make this fresh and new and still a modern place that people wanted to stay. Um, And even though that was in the 90s, a lot of those changes that they made still exist today. One of them, and one of the more popular ones, being the opening of Ohana. Ohana. So Ohana is a sit-down dining experience within the Polynesian, and we'll touch more on the specifics of that later, but it originally was a, it was a restaurant before it became Ohana, and they had luau... Um, dinner shows? Yeah, they, it was almost like a dinner show. They had dancers that came in and some music that was played, but with the change to Ohana, um, it went from buffet to family-style served dinner mm-hmm. at your table, um, as well as um, character change. So there um, wasn't a dance performance anymore. It was Disney characters that you could dine with. Aww, so a huge draw for families. Um, and Um, A couple years later, what we know today as Kona Cafe opened as well. And in the late 90s, right before the Millennium Celebration, all of the buildings got renamed and rethemed. And again, just it seems like over and over again throughout they're getting all these overhauls yeah (laughs) they've made so many changes um, throughout the years to the Polynesian. And obviously people continue to go there and it's a very popular place Mm -hmm. to stay um but the biggest change and update that they went through they had a couple of little things like the new pool the volcano pool that's kind of at the center of the resort that was new for the millennium and the lava um, pool mm -hmm. and they incorporated lilo and stitch into the resort a little Mm -hmm. bit more in the early 2000s but in 2014 2014 was polly's big year where disney came in and said okay we want this to be updated modern hip cool and worth the price that we're charging people to stay here (laughs) um so in 2014 they did a major overhaul of the lobby they got rid of that original waterfall that was there now there's this little tiki figure statue um with plants around him there's actually 
uh, like fan-based uprising when they announced that they'd be oh taking gosh. out this waterfall. People signed a petition wow. for Disney to not make this change. Obviously, Disney went ahead and did it anyway. I think people still love this little um, centerpiece that they have in the lobby there. Um, but they... I think that they it didn't end up going through, but they also talked about reverting back to the name, the Polynesian Village Resort. Um, from my understanding, it's still Disney's Polynesian Resort. I think it's Polynesian Village. Is it? I okay, think it so is. they did make the change because there's signs that still say Disney's Polynesian, Polynesian Resort. Village. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I see both. Interesting. Yeah. So Maybe not we'll a have to clear, fact check that one. Yeah, that's a good fact check to add to the list, but not a clear um transition there but there was talk of a name change um and they added the dvc section and the bungalows in this year Mm. to um really give a new stay experience for people coming to the polynesian i'm gonna explain more what the bungalows are later (laughs) (laughs) they're definitely on my bucket list oh yeah But since 2014, there hasn't really been a ton of changes other than the release of Moana causing a more Moana-influenced environment in this resort. Um, Again, something we'll talk about when we talk about rooms. But 2020 was the most recent change for the Polynesian being that the rooms got an overhaul to have a new Moana-inspired look to them. Yeah. So they look so cool. That's a quick rundown from 1971 when it opened to present day. But Polly has been around for a while and Disney has, because it's one of its main deluxe resorts, they've worked really hard to keep this resort something that draws people in. Man, that's a lot of history. I mean, the resort itself is as old as Walt Disney World. It's 50 years old and they obviously have had to do a lot of renovations over the years to keep it um, as this memorable and desirable resort for so many families. Um, Speaking of the Moana theming, I'm going to break down kind of some of our, um, the different types of rooms that you can get at the Disney's Polynesian Resort and also pricing on side of that and kind of explain that these rooms are now very, very, very Moana-centered. So we're gonna jump right into that. So like like Kate said, they were recently themed to the Moana um, movie. These, roomed op- these rooms opened in the summer of 2021. I think the re-theme, the re-theme is perfect for the resort and a great like modern twist. Like when you walk into these rooms, you feel like you're in 2021 because the furniture is updated and the the artwork on the walls is just very exquisite and it's um it definitely gives that like modern feel while also feeling like you're on an island i don't know how you can feel like you're on an island and also being in a modern environment at the same time but (laughs) polynesian does a great job of kind of morphing the two which i think is awesome um these polynesian rooms are located in one of 11 different buildings called long houses and they really are that's like the best way to describe what they are they are extremely long they're usually one to two stories um sometimes there's a three-story high one but kind of low to the ground but there's lots of different buildings it almost feels like this like large college campus where you have all (laughs) these like dorms that you're walking between um but they are there's 11 of them and like you said earlier they are named after 
Polynesian islands, which is really, really awesome. Um, each one, like I said, is either two or three stories high. Um, they all have interior hallways and some of them have balconies, but some of them do not. Some of them like the fake balcony where like you open this, like the screen door and it's just like, it's right there in front of you. Um, I think it just depends on the type of room that you have. I'm not entirely sure, but when I stayed at the Polynesian back in October, our room had a fake balcony and we were on the second floor of the, oh my gosh, what building did we stay in? We stayed in the building that was directly to the right of the great ceremonial house. It's gonna drive me crazy that I can't remember the name of it, but that's where we stayed and um, we had a standard room. We didn't have a, you know, a, a lagoon view or a theme park view, but really because we didn't have a balcony, there wasn't much to like go out on. <laughs> um, but it, the, the view itself was just of one of the walkways between the other buildings, which was fine. And so speaking of standard rooms, a standard room at the Polynesian includes two queen size beds, a day bed, an armoire, a very small little like table and chair set up, and then also you the um so the day bed is basically a couch that folds down into a twin size bed you also have like your typical um refrigerator coffee machine there is like a little like, closet storage space as well which is really nice um i think all of these rooms whether you have a standard room or theme park view they all have this two queen size one day bed kind of set up it does sleep five people so let me see, let me see, let me see what else is on this list. Okay, so the typical rooms are about 415 to 746 square feet. Um, they do have that maximum capacity of five people. You can also have a room that is adjoining with another room. So you can, um, if you have a big family, you can, I think you can request that um, with a standard room to be able to kind of open that door between the two rooms and have a double space which is kind of nice um they do have all the regular amenities that all other rooms have which is great <gasps> oh my gosh it just hit me we stayed in rarotonga can you say it how do you say it i don't know rarotonga rarotonga that's where we stayed it just hit me um that was the place that was the building that we stayed in very I nice. think that the I think Survivor has a Rarotonga um, season. Oh. I think that's when we stayed there. I was like, I feel like I've seen this on like Survivor or something, potentially. Um, that, anyways, that was a side tangent. Back to what I was saying. Um, there are some king size beds available in some of the rooms as well, depending on the type of room that you have. Um, but they don't just have just single rooms. They also have suites. Those are located exclusively in the Tonga Longhouse. And those can accommodate between four and nine people. So if you're like, oh, we don't want to do a standard room with the, you know, the shared door, you could just be like, let's go get a suite. Mm. Let's just go all the way up and keep going up the, the price range because these rooms are not cheap. Yeah. This uh, is a deluxe resort. You if know? you're doing like a girls weekend and you can split it between your yes, friends. Yes, that's maybe reasonable. Maybe reasonable. This is a deluxe resort. Like we said before, when we talked about Pop Century, Disney does split their resorts up into value, moderate, and deluxe. So you're in that high price range resort here. I'm going to break down some of the price ranges. Now I will say these price ranges change drastically depending on the time of year that you go. That is something that we'll always continue to say about Disney resorts is that 
<laughs> depending on the time of year that you go is going to is going to change the price that you are going to be paying and There's, even like the day of the week too i mean it, it fluctuates so much it's hard to give an accurate range but you can base this is how big the polynesian range is a standard room can be as low as 540 dollars a night and the the suites can be up to two thousand dollars a night and even above that the bungalows are like four thousand dollars a night yeah you better have multiple people splitting the bill if you're staying in a bungalow so like the range is literally from 500 to four thousand dollars a night and with the new disney one night rule you can't just stay one night you gotta stay at least two nights in a deluxe resort so even if i wanted to just live my dream and go to the bungalows for a night I can't. Well, I wonder if you could do like a night in the bungalow and a night in the standard room. So you're still doing two nights of the Polynesian, but you're not doing... I don't know. I would be interested to look into that further. But these um, these prices do have very large ranges. In the middle, when you've got like a lagoon view or a theme park view, you're looking at it about a, at bare minimum $700 up to above $1,000 a night. So it, it really just depends on what your looking for what your family's looking for what works best for you guys um there's lots of different types of rooms from standard pool or marina view lagoon view theme park club level garden view club level lagoon room and club level theme park view. i don't even know what these club levels are so, many, so options. many options and then you've got the suites you've got the the there's like a king suite there's like a, almost like a presidential suite there's so many options you can have multiple bedrooms um, totally different than Pop Century, where it's like you get the one room. They don't even have family suites. It's just that's what you get. So, if you're into having a lot of variety, then the Polynesian is definitely um, a good fit for that. Um, the prices are all over the board, though. But you're gonna be paying at least five hundred and forty dollars for whatever room you get, at least at the bare minimum. So, get those wallets out ladies and gentlemen yes and just to clarify the club level rooms it's like basically like preferred stay you get in a preferred building so it's like close and then you also they put i don't know if they're still doing it with covid but i know um my aunt and uncle stayed club level at the grand floridian and they had like a drink bar and a snack bar oh, and dang. it was just like free extra amenities all the extra food things. all day so they wow. had like i mean i think there's just like a giant bowl of gummy bears <laughs> they had they all lived, kinds of drinks i think there were alcoholic beverages too dang. um so there's i from what i've heard i also have a family friend who stayed club level at the polynesian actually um and it's very if you're going to utilize your time at the resort yeah that price that you pay to be in a ideal location and have all those extras is is really nice even and like if you have young kids this family friend that i remember when they were staying they said that like they didn't even have to pay for lunch or dinner for their kids in the park because they just ate at the snack bar wow that's the poly they had like little finger sandwiches and 
all that that it you know for them price wise they spent more money on having a comfortable room but they spent less in the parks because of it yeah i mean that's definitely a benefit if you're gonna pay it's pricey for those club levels though because i mean the club level start the lowest club level starts at almost 800 dollars a night and goes up to 1500 dollars a night do you know what kind of place you could stay at outside of disney world for 1500 dollars a night oh i don't even want to know <laughs> only at disney yeah only at disney only at disney do we continue to only pay these disney. prices of course, but what you could get outside of the parks for the, like, I mean, you could get a really nice, like, Hilton suite in New York City for oh, less yeah. than that, I think. For sure. For, for sure. But I think it's interesting that you said that the club levels are usually, like, the preferred rooms versus, like, um, for the location as closest to, like, the lobby or the amenities, because... We stayed in Rarotonga, which is literally right next to the lobby, the Great Ceremonial House, or Great Ceremonial Hall, sorry. And we had a standard view. We had a standard view room. We weren't in anything club level, and our building was not halfway across the resort, mm-hmm. which I found very surprising because anytime I've had you know a standard room at any of the Disney resorts, your room is far from the lobby. It's far from everything that you can um, access. So I don't know. Maybe we just got lucky. Maybe we actually got a higher up room without realizing it and yeah i know for grand floridian specifically i'd have to check back with um my friend susan if you're listening to this hi um but i know for my aunt and uncle when they stayed at grand floridian their club level room is in the main building and so they're like you walk out of their room and you overlook the giant lobby oh that's cool so that's and and you walk downstairs and you're at the monorail so that's where club level is for that i couldn't tell you where it is for the polynesian um but the idea is that it's it's convenient yeah that's awesome man those rooms though they're really cool we are going to um give you guys a little like sneak peek of what these rooms look like we got some cool video content from when I was there and also just some resort content uh, when Caitlin was there and we're gonna we're gonna share that with you guys on our social media so get ready for that Um, but speaking of being close to the lobby one of the things that is located in that lobby area like right outside the entrance is usually some of your your transportation for your Disney parks and anywhere else you need to go. Um, The Polynesian has a lot of transportation options. Um, I was kind of like, well, if you don't want to do the bus, you can do the monorail. If you don't want to do the monorail, you can go on a boat. If you don't, like, it's just, or you can walk or you can do this. And I was very blown away by just the options that there are. Um, The buses do go to Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, Disney Springs, and the water parks. If you would like to go to Epcot or Magic Kingdom, you will need to use a monorail loop or you can take, you can walk to the Ticket and Transportation Center or you can take a boat across to Magic Kingdom. You just cannot take a bus to those um, parks. Now I will say we learned a lot about the monorail loop when, when I was on my most recent trip staying at the Polynesian because well one we got stuck on the monorail going to epcot one night which was very a very long and interesting process (laughs) to get stuck on a monorail but i have a tip for you if you are staying at the polynesian and you are using the monorail loop here's my tip write this down everybody walk to the ticket and transportation center and then get on the monorail to go to epcot 
do not get on the monorail at Polynesian to go to Epcot because if you do, otherwise you'll have to visit all the other resorts in the loop before it takes you to the Ticket and Transportation Center, which is literally right across. Like it's literally the Ticket and Transportation, actually no, the Ticket and Transportation Center is located directly next to the Polynesian, but you have to go all the way around the circle to go to the station, which is to your right. Yeah, it's a full, uh, the actual full circle around to yes. get to Ticket Transportation Center, which basically shares a parking lot with a Polynesian. Yeah, they made, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely correct. They share a parking lot. And we didn't realize this until we got stuck on the monorail and we were late for one of our dinner reservations and we were like, look, we were watching the monorail go. And we were like, hold on a minute. The Ticket and Transportation Center is over there. And we are <laughs> going, we are stuck on this monorail just trying to get to the Ticket and Transportation Center so we can get on the other monorail to go to Epcot. But the, the walk to the Ticket and Transportation Center is like five minutes. It's the actual definition of the phrase going around your elbow to get to your thumb. It's right there. And it's it's sometimes it can be, it's deceiving because, you know, Disney does this really good job of making you feel fully immersed in the setting that you're in. Yeah, they cover sightlines. So they cover sightlines. So you don't, until you're on that monorail and you can see, oh my gosh, the Ticket and Transportation Center is literally right there. You wouldn't think to walk. The only time I ever noticed it was actually when I was driving to the Grand Floridian for a reservation, and we mm. drove past TNT to get mm-hmm. transportation, and I was like, "Wait a minute, the it's literally right next to the Polynesian." Yeah, you would never know. Yeah, so it's that's definitely a very good tip yeah. for those staying at the Poly. Absolutely. If you're at the Magic Kingdom Park. The, the monorail route, basically, is you go Magic Kingdom, Disney's Contemporary Resort, Ticket and Transportation Center, Polynesian, Grand Floridian. Mm-hmm. That's like the loop. So if you're at the Poly and you're going to Magic Kingdom, your first stop would be Grand Floridian, and then you'd be at Magic Kingdom. So take the monorail to Magic Kingdom. If you're going to Epcot from Polynesian, walk to the Ticket and Transportation Center, get on the monorail there that takes you to Epcot. You'll save yourself a lot of time. I have a tip for the boat transportation tell us your tip so for the boat transportation if it's not too cold and you don't mind your hair getting a little wind blown you can hop on the boat at the dock at the polynesian there's a little marina um, where it'll come and pick you up and that access is direct to the magic kingdom when it comes and picks you up at the poly it's already it's already gone by the grand floridian so it stops at the grand floridian on the way back for drop off it stops at grand floridian first then the polynesian but on the way to the magic kingdom it goes straight there it's grand floridian because that's where the drop off is first and then polynesian and then back to the magic kingdom i mean if you time it right if you're like oh a boat's rolling up go ahead and jump on the boat yeah, it's definitely, I, we have used the boat a couple of times, um, and it's a fine mode of transportation if it's not, uh, yep. if it's freezing and that wind is blowing on you, it's cold. Yeah, it but, can be. But um, weather dependent and timing dependent, it's definitely a good option. Oh, yeah. Wow. Transportation, all the ways to get to all the places you need to get to. It's a but, huge part of your oh, Disney yeah. trip is figuring oh, out. you got to <laughs> figure out how you get to where you need to get to, yeah. especially if you flew in and you don't have a car. That's, yeah, that's just a lot to have to navigate. So um, that's your tips and tricks for your transportation needs at the Polynesian. We are going to switch it up to some yummier things. Let's Speaking of talk some about food. food. I, this is one of the Polynesian's 
biggest highlights. Everyone wants to go to the Poly for food. Mm-hmm. So there are a number of places that you can dine, and the list of them is Ohana, which is a sit-down um, table service restaurant. Previously character dining at this point because of COVID, not yet character dining again, um, but that's your table service. You have Kona Cafe, which is still kind of table service, but more quick service-y. Not as hard to find a reservation there and pricing is a little bit Mm -hmm. easier to um, budget for with that restaurant. And then Tambu Lounge, which we mentioned before, quick eats, little snacks and drinks there is one of the only original standing things left at the Polynesian. Um, Captain Cook's is definitely a quick service, stop and go foods you can grab from their little refrigerators, but also some hot items um, throughout the day. And then we have Pineapple Lanai, which is Mm -hmm. your best place to go for Dole Whip. You can get it in the Magic Kingdom, but I prefer to go here and enjoy the ambience of the Polynesian Resort and being able to sit on the beach or out on that greenery area right outside the Great Ceremonial Hall. Um, They have different flavors of Dole Whip there too, which they don't have in the Magic Kingdom. So quick tip to get a different type of Dole Whip if you're tired of pineapple. Um, And then last but not least, Trader Sam's. Trader Sam's (laughs) is an icon of... avid Disney fans Um, it's a tiki bar it's hidden it's kind of like a speakeasy and tiki bar combined if you aren't familiar with the Polynesian Resort and you aren't familiar with popular Disney things then you probably just walk right by where Trader Sam's is there's no windows it's just a door and it has a small little sign that says Trader Sam's on it (laughs) you can get all kinds of really neat themed drinks Um, I think like three to seven, it's family friendly. And then after seven, it's like 21 and up. Um, And it's very themed. It's a whole theatrical presentation from the bartenders that work there. Um, One of the more popular drinks there is called the Black Pearl in reference to pirates. And it's one of those special things where um, if you order it, it comes in a pearl shaped cup. But oh, they, really o- cool. they only hand out a black pearl like ever, like ever so often. Oh. So you're like super lucky if you get an actual black pearl. So it's kind of this like fun gamble to go and yeah, see if you can get it. Can I think it's it. like a $20 drink, which is ridiculous. But it's also like okay. if you get the black pearl, you feel like a million bucks. Well, I mean, there's a $45 drink at the cantina <laughs> in Galaxy's Edge, which my boyfriend was like, sign me up. I want the mug that comes with it. Yeah, $45 for an alcoholic drink. <laughs> People will, Disney will stamp any price on something and there will be someone out there who's willing to buy it. So don't expect them to change their ways anytime oh, yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, but those are just, that's a quick rundown, but some of the... Polynesian specific items that 
people who love Disney and spend a lot of time in Disney that they go to this resort time and time again to experience are things like the Tonga Toast, which is a banana. This is a description I'm reading from the Disney Parks blog. It's a banana stuffed sourdough bread battered, deep fried, and dusted with cinnamon sugar. Oh my gosh, what? How did I not even know this thing existed? So this has been around since the opening of the Polynesian, and even with the restaurant changes, they've kept this original menu where item. Can you keep, where can you get this item? This is located at Kona Cafe. So it's very popular, and okay, it comes well, with... I missed out. I think it comes with a caramel sauce instead of, like, syrup to drizzle on it, um... It's immaculate and it's very, very popular. <gasps> oh my heavens. Yeah, so. I am so hungry right we'll now. We'll post a picture of it on Instagram so you can drool a little bit too. Um, but that's one of their go to items. They also have something called Pog Juice. I have heard of which the Pog is Juice. Very popular. I think you may be able to get a version of it in Animal Kingdom now, but previously it's only been at the Polynesian and you've only been able to order it when you're at Kona or Ohana. Um, but Pog is P O G. It stands for passion fruit, orange, and guava. Ooh. So it's a very tropical flavored juice. Um, Disney fans, uh, they also have it in like tankfuls at Alani. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but it's very popular beverage. Alani is the Hawaiian Disney Resort. Sorry to interrupt. I had to tell what that was. Uh, yes, we'll have to do um, a trip there so we can do a review of Alani sometime. That would oh. be ideal. Yeah, I'm down <laughs> to go to Hawaii. Let's go. I'll start planning for my 30th birthday. Um, I'm in. Sign me up, coach. Put me in, coach. Sweet. Sign me up, coach. What is this? Oh. Uh, stop me now. Okay, go ahead. And a quick rundown <laughs> of some of the other items that are the Polynesian is known for. They have their own coffee. It's brewed by Joffrey's, which is Disney's coffee brand. Um, it originally was a coffee shop in Florida, which Disney just kind of acquired, um, but they brew a specific type of coffee bean um, from Hawaii for the Polynesian and the Polynesian only. So people wow. love this Kona coffee. Um, you can get it at any of the, the restaurants in the Polynesian, but this is the only place you can find it. Um, and then they have something called the welcome bread, which is specific to Ohana. It's a coconut pineapple bread. That's literally my nightmare. Interesting. It's like a pina colada in bread form. Yeah, I hate coconut and I hate pineapple. Oh, well, then don't try this. Yeah. Anybody else who loves it, please try it. Uh, you just said that and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I do not want that. And then last but not least are the Ohana teriyaki noodles so this is an item that came with the ohana menu it's served family style they're like udon thick teriyaki noodles and with the closing of ohana and reopening post covid they took these noodles off of the menu and there was uprising oh no literal like chaos on the internet that these noodles were no longer on the menu and guess what? 
They brought him back. They brought him back. So Disney does listen. I take back what I said about them, you know, not changing their ways. They will change their ways if it increases the dollar that they take home. Mm -hmm. So, so many people ran to Ohana to be able to eat these noodles again. I've had them once upon a time. It's been almost 10 years. I've never had them. I've never been to Ohana's. I want to go so bad. So a quick rundown of Ohana is that, like I said, it's family style. With COVID, they've made changes to the menu. They used to almost have a Brazilian steakhouse vibe where they would bring these giant like swords of items and, you know, put some on your plate. Now it just comes in a big bowl that they put in the middle of your table. Um, So you can kind of have one of everything and it's shared amongst the family and it's all you can eat. Not necessarily like a buffet where you go up and get it yourself, but if you run out of teriyaki noodles and you want more, it will bring you more. Mm. Um, And on their menu for breakfast, I personally have never eaten there for breakfast, but it's something that I want to try because of the items that they have on the list. Um, They bring out a huge bowl of fruit. I've seen pictures of it. It's this beautiful array of like tropical fruit. Any fruit in Disney is somewhat of a rarity. And so like this beautiful bowl of fresh fruit always just looks so enticing to me. And to start my Disney day off with that, um, I think would be a really nice thing to do. (laughs) Um, but, uh, they have the, the big bowl of fresh fruit. They have a number of like breakfast smoothies, which I think is interesting to have on their menu, and they're oh. themed. They have a Lilo, a Stitch, and a Moana themed smoothie, and they're like they're very pretty as well. They come with like wow. all these toppings and flowers, um, and then uh, you get your family style breakfast, which comes with biscuits and eggs and sausage. They have a pineapple glazed ham. Might not be for you since you don't like (laughs) pineapple. You know, just because I don't like pineapple doesn't mean I'm going to write it off for anybody else. You guys go get your pineapple glazed ham. And then something, again, specific to the Polynesian where you might find Mickey waffles everywhere else. They serve stitch waffles. Okay, that's amazing. So you can skip the ham, just eat all the waffles. Yeah. And then for dinner or lunch, what they have are they have bacon cheddar biscuits, um, which are mouthwatering. And then they bring out, like I said, they have a a veggie bowl. They bring out a full salad and they have a homemade citrus vinaigrette, which is really good. Um, We're recording this and I haven't even eaten dinner and I'm just like mouthwatering. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's torture. And um, then they have an array of different types of meat as well. Chicken, beef. Um, They have a cheesy grit, or not cheesy grit, cheesy shrimp something. It's like, man. Anyway, um, obviously a lot to choose from, a lot to eat. And again, it is that all you can eat family style. So go with a group of friends. And yeah, if you're lucky enough to get a reservation. Yeah, that's one of the things with Ohana is it is super difficult to get that reservation. You have to book it like the first day of your reservation. Not window. even like the first day, like the first minute. Also true. <laughs> it, I, I would say it's as elusive as Cinderella's royal table. Mm. It's, it's hard very, to get. very, very, very hard to get a reservation for this place. If you end up scoring a reservation for Ohana's, you are one lucky person. The only times I've seen it pop up on my list when I'm looking for reservations, I'm like looking for a dinner reservation and it's a dinner reservation at like 345. Yeah. 
And even those, like, they, if you see one pop up, you blink and it's gone. Like, it's, people are, people will eat dinner at 11 a.m. if it meant that they got to eat a <laughs> And another, so another tip about that with the off timing, if you're willing to eat late, you can potentially request a window seat and there is a direct view of Cinderella Castle from the windows of Ohana and you could have a fireworks view dinner if you time it right. So um, with the timing of Magic Kingdom right now, I think the enchantment fireworks spectacular happens at 7.45, 8 o'clock. Enchantment, I think right now... Well, it, it goes back and forth depending on daylight savings, but I think it's either like 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. Right now, I think it's 8 p.m. Yeah. So if you are willing to eat dinner a little bit later, then you could watch the fireworks while you enjoy a big old Polynesian-style yeah. dinner. So Ugh. that's a fun little a fun little tidbit there. So much food at the Polynesian. So much to try. Even if you're not going to stay there, make your reservation at the Polynesian to eat something or just take the monorail over there and try some snacks or stroll around enjoy stroll around if that's the cool thing about it being on the monorail loop it's really easy to access and so it you can enjoy time there without even spending the money to actually stay in a room so for sure but speaking of walking around and like doing things there definitely are some amenities at this resort um there are two pools which both include hot tubs one is definitely a kid pool it's the lava pool (laughs) with the slides they also have like a like a water park water splash pad area i would guess i would say um at the lava pool and they do have an oasis pool which is supposed to be quote unquote the quiet adult pool there's still kids there but it definitely is different totally different vibe than the lava pool um both have hot tubs which uh, a lot of the you know low the value or moderate resorts sometimes they don't have hot tubs so having a hot tubs kind of cool amenity to have at this deluxe resort you also have like i think a big amenity like we've already mentioned is the fact that you have monorail service at your resort that's huge it's a huge huge amenity there's also shopping multiple stores that you can go to um there's the moana mercantile which is the it's like a little store where you can get like grocery items mm-hmm or if you need like medications, but also like a couple of um, merchandise, a little bit pieces of merchandise as well. And so that's super helpful if you're staying and you're like, I need milk or I need this. Like some of those value resorts don't have um, those grocery store style items in their resort. So I think that's pretty great. There isn't a fitness center at the Polynesian, but um, Polynesian resort members are allowed to use the fitness center over at Grand Floridian. And so if you just go over and scan your magic band, you can get into the Grand Floridian Fitness Center. Fun fact. I didn't know that. No, yeah, now you know. Um, I did not I did not frequent the or even touch the fitness center because I was doing <laughs> my does? own fitness walking around the parks. But if you would like to use the fitness center, go to the Grand Floridian for that. Um, they do have a thing called Lilo's Playhouse. And I don't know if it's open. I don't know that it's open anymore. So in doing my history research, Lilo's Playhouse was formerly a Peter Pan. Uh, it was called the Neverland Club. Oh my gosh, that sounds so fun. So it's so it opened as the Neverland Club and it was a babysitting service. So oh. if 
mom and dad wanted to go have dinner to themselves at mm. Ohana or go across the way to the Grand Floridian and drop their kids off at Neverland Club, it's kind of like what they have on the cruises, um, oh, yeah, like yeah. a kids club. Yeah. And they had cast members that hung out with the kids, did activities with them, and then it got rethemed to be called Club Disney. And I believe Club Disney was then turned, like, it was something else, like, bigger than and outside of the Polynesian. So because of that, and, like, the name being on something else as to not confuse guests, they then renamed it Lilo's Playhouse. Mm. So I think it's kind of like an activity center. They have it at other, they have activity centers at other resorts, but I have not seen in more recent times any like notices sometimes you'll see the little billboards outside it says like painting or yeah so they do have like a little like a-frame size that's outside of the great ceremonial hall um where they say like today's events and some of the things were like um movie on the lawn where they there was one night where we were there where they had um the cheetah girls playing on like a blow-up screen (laughs) by the pool which is so fun so lots of different activities um for kids and families which is definitely a, a nice addition in comparison to those um, value or moderate resorts, which don't have as many of those activities. So that's what you're really getting in that price as well. Um, there's also something else that I had seen, um, and I can't remember now, and I didn't write it down in my notes. I got to think about it. That there was a, dang it, what was it? Maybe it'll come back to me in a moment. But anyways lots of different amenities oh i remember it oh my gosh you can rent different types of watercraft on the mm-hmm. marina mm-hmm. um so because the polynesian is on the water you can rent these pontoon boats or like jet skis there's like lots of different types of watercraft that you can actually rent out for a price and enjoy on the seven seas lagoon so i thought that was really cool and didn't know that yeah. If you're chilling in your really expensive bungalow, which is like the <laughs> crazy suite with all the rooms and you can bring a million people in there, you can walk out on the back and be like, I just want to take a little boat ride or whatever because you have the money to do so, I guess. But <laughs> I think the last amenity that I can think of for this resort is the fact that there is an actual beach. Oh, yes. I had that written down too. The, the beach... During the day, you can't access the water. Like, you can't get in Seven Seas Lagoon and swim around. But it's right there. It's on the lake. And you can, they have chairs out there that you can lounge in. They have some swings, some hammocks. But I think one of the biggest things for this resort in particular, Mm. with its location being a straight shot across from the Magic Kingdom, to go back to the resort. When things are getting crazy in the park and go down to the beach and sit and watch the fireworks from there, they pipe in the music so that you can hear everything just as well. I didn't know they piped in the music. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of their greatest and maybe almost hidden amenities is that, yes, experiencing those shows in the Magic Kingdom is a whole experience itself Mm -hmm. but also it can get crazy and you have an incredible resort to just relax on a beach and watch the fireworks yeah that's super nice and also while you're sitting on the beach you can also watch the electrical Mm -hmm. uh, water electrical what's the electrical water water pageant or parade 
it's a long one it's a long name fact check um but basically there are these boats that come by with these light fixtures on them with like little designs and it's like a water parade a nighttime water parade and it's been around for a really long time and i don't think a lot of people tune into it much but it's there yeah it happens i think when the parks are still open so a lot of people miss it because they're not back at the resort but if you do have that dinner reservation and you walk out to the beach or um, are waiting on transportation or anything like that it is a nice little something um kind of throws back to something like spectra magic where it has all the light up floats that go by it's if you have younger kids that need to get out of the parks earlier it's still something for them to observe and enjoy even though you're not in the parks anymore um definitely helps taper your night down a little bit uh, yeah. uh more peacefully than the chaos of the parks <laughs> yeah absolutely i i think this resort is really fun and i i love that it's an original disney resort like that it has the history me personally staying there i really wish that i had more time to actually enjoy the resort yeah, for sure. It uh, We were there for four nights, and we were also trying to fit in, like, oh, we were there for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, four nights, and we were in the parks for three days and going hard in the parks, like, all day, all day long. That There was, wasn't a ton of time to actually enjoy some of the amenities and the food options and just all there is at the Polynesian. And so I definitely want to go back. I, I enjoyed staying there and being in the rooms. I think I'm, I'm, if I don't ever do that again, then I'm fine with that. But I definitely want to make more time in the future to hop on the monorail and just go visit the Polynesian after a park mm-hmm. day or like go make a reservation there, spend more time still on the Polynesian beach, watch the fireworks, like just do something different now knowing really all what it has to offer. So yeah, absolutely. I think it's a wonderful resort. It is pricey and it is like a, a, for a lot of people, it's a, it's a bucket list resort. And I don't know that we mentioned it, but it is, it does fall when we're talking about Disney resorts and that tier system mm-hmm. of deluxe, moderate or value. Mm-hmm. It is a deluxe resort. So it's the top of the price options that you could have. Yeah. We talked about Polly, which oh no, we talked about pop century, which is like the bottom. And then we've got Polynesian, which is right at the top. And so in thinking about both of these episodes where we've kind of covered both ends of the spectrum both resorts are great for families they're great for adults they're great for individuals like i think that's why disney designs all of these resorts to have that common thread that they really are for everyone Mm -hmm. but if you're gonna go to the polynesian i say make it like make it worth your money utilize the amenities if you're if you're going for if you're going on a park trip where you are trying to cram in a bunch of park time, maybe the Polynesian isn't the best option for you. Yeah. Maybe it's getting a cheaper resort. Um, maybe it's still close. I mean, you do get the you do get a lot of park time because of being so close to Magic Kingdom. That's definitely a pro. But I mean, take that into consideration. If you are wanting to go on a trip where you want to spend more resort time, maybe consider the Polynesian. No, my, no. My personal rule of thumb. If I'm going to spend the money to stay in a deluxe resort, I'm going to have resort time scheduled into my stay. Whether that's not paying for a ticket for one day, so you actually, you know, have 
a little bit less expense Mm -hmm. um, and forced time to fully explore where you're staying or you say I'm gonna go if, if specifically for the poly you're staying right across from the magic kingdom you get these deluxe early hours and yes. extra hours at the end of the day definitely utilize so those. um that's a another perk of staying there but say hey i'm gonna go in for those early hours in the morning i'm gonna hit you know three rides get a snack and then i'm going back to the poly for lunch and the, e- the afternoon and then i'll go back in in the evening because i know i have these extended hours yeah. or things have slowed down a bit and you got to you know enjoy the time in the sun by the pool or on the beach and eating oh. at the quick service or getting some dole whip from pineapple and i <laughs> um, all the things that would be how i would personally approach spending my my personal finances to stay there Mm -hmm. i'm gonna make sure that i enjoy the resort itself and it's not just a place i sleep yeah i have a final note for the polynesian unless you have anything else to add i don't have anything else to add go for it it's just a little a little disney history fun fact um in 1974 okay throwing it back one john lennon wow signed the papers to officially break up the Beatles at Polynesian Resort. Wow. That's a, that's a really So the Beatles broke up at the Polynesian. So <laughs> I don't know how you feel about that, but that's uh I, I think a significant moment in musical history and it happened at the Polynesian. At the Polynesian. Wow. Yeah, that was just a little that's fun That's a fact. really good way to just like seal it out We're getting out of this like the out of this episode of i don't even know what i'm even saying anymore seal us out what even is that i don't know i don't know i'm just guys it's getting late i'm still very hungry oh, no i'm very hungry she's hallucinating I- i'm at this hallucinating point. at this point okay what i was trying to say was that was a great way to end this episode and all the things that we've learned today about the polynesian and i hope that you guys have enjoyed um just hearing our thoughts on this resort our tidbits our facts and kind of all the things that we've taken the time to research we hope that you get the chance to stay at the polynesian one day or if you already have stayed at the polynesian that you get the opportunity to go back or you learn something new today yeah if you've stayed there in the past certainly let us know what your favorite part of your stay was and if you're going in the future we hope that this information helps you make the most of your stay small shop shout out another small shop going in the going in the books here who we got today we have got park bound buttons okay i've been following so the creator of this small shop is also known on instagram by casey and the bear i've been following her for a long time since like 2014 maybe it's been a while but um she makes she has her own small shop called parkbound buttons Mm -hmm. and she makes buttons that follow the similar look and shape of the celebration buttons that you can get in disney the ones that say i'm celebrating the ones that say happy birthday or uh, like first visit so they're those round pin on buttons that have that kind of plasticky sheen to them (laughs) but she makes her own and she has the punniest sometimes sarcastic (laughs) buttons that 
really just make either putting it on your shirt, on your bag, whatever it might be. Um, it gives a very unique and fun flair to the Disney merch or um, just items that you carry in the park. Yeah, it's very unique. I like I like that thought. Yeah, and in addition to the ones that she already has and makes, um, she does custom ones as well. So like if you're going for a birthday, a bachelorette weekend or something like that, you can hit her shop up and she will make something specific to whatever it is that you might be celebrating in the parks, which I think is a great way. Like if you have a surprise trip for your family or like I said, a bachelorette weekend or something, you can go on her website and kind of create your own button for everyone in your group to wear, which Mm. I think is a lot of people do shirts, but buttons is like a less uniform way and probably financially cheaper way to Mm, get something for everyone in your party. Yeah, definitely give her a follow on Instagram. Okay, we are back with more Disney Etiquette 101. Well, we talked so much about getting on the monorail or taking buses places. And how often do you get on these modes of transportation and you see rude people sitting in seats when there's somebody holding a large child that is passed out, standing up, trying to balance? Yeah, I see it all too often, and it it does make me sad. I think it's in society. I think it's un, it's just an unspoken rule that if you see somebody that needs to sit down, that you uh, you offer your seat up for them. And I think that's just what we should be doing as people in society. But when you see it at Disney, after like I know everybody's exhausted. Everybody deserves to sit down on a bus, but specifically, you see a lot of families getting on with strollers and children and. I think you do see a good amount of people that will stand up and give those seats up to, you know, mothers with children and stuff like that. But there are those that are just like, this is my seat. I'm going to sit here. And I think it's just a little inconsiderate. Um, I think also something I also see is when you get on these Disney buses specifically, once the seats fill up, they try to fill in all the available standing space because they have the bars that you can hold above your head. But a lot of people don't, like, they try to get people to go all the way to the back and fill all the way up to the front. People will not go all the way to the back, and, like, there's a bunch of open space. And then there are certain people that just, like, could have gotten on that bus but didn't because people just didn't move all the way in. And the goal of those buses, they run, you know, every 20 minutes. So if you miss that bus, you might miss, like, the opening into the park. There's just that 20-minute window can make or break you sometimes and so I personally I had that experience where I was slightly ahead of my group I got on the bus they were kind of like trying to get on the bus didn't really happen and they got left behind because people on my bus would not go to the back of the bus and I'm like y'all I'm my party is like halfway so half of us I was the only one on the bus the rest of them were outside of the bus (laughs) so I got to the park thankfully and was able to get in line and do what I needed to do but they had to come find me it was just it was a lot it was stressful. Yes, it definitely can be a stressful time trying to get to and from the parks either in the morning when everyone's wanting to get there for the opening or in the evening when everyone's exhausted. Yeah. But the thing to be courteous and mindful of is that absolutely everyone around you has the same goal in mind of enjoying a Disney vacation. So just be thoughtful and mindful whether it's getting on the bus and loading on and realizing that 
hey, I need to scoop back some or I need to give up my seat. Uh, even sometimes seeing that, you know, people got there 30 minutes early so they won't miss the bus and they're sitting on the benches in the back and then somebody that walks up right as the bus is pulling up just jumps right in front of them in line. Little things like that can make or break someone's Disney day. Be kind, be thoughtful, and enjoy your Disney trip with everyone else that's there. All right, so next week we are jumping into episode five. This is our special guest episode, the one with the dot, dot, dot. And we have a wonderful special guest that will be joining us next week. We are going to be interviewing one of our favorite small shops, Foster the Magic Co. We are very, very excited to introduce you guys to them. They were one of our small shop shout outs from before. They do make some amazing Disney ears, mini ears, and other merchandise items for your Disney trip. So we are very, very excited for you guys to um, hear our interview with them and, um, and include them as our special guests next week. I'm really excited. Absolutely. Me too. I am so thankful for people in the Disney community who have supported our journey into starting a podcast. And ever since we reached out to Foster the Magic Co., they've been right there with us from the beginning. And I think that that's why it was so important for us to select them as a special guest for season two, because they really are a, a day one supporter and yes, we love that. We want to be able to um, support the magic that they make as well by interviewing them and um, putting their journey into Disney shops um, and, and creating a small shop themselves. So I'm super excited for you guys to get some insight into what that's like. Yeah. But before you do, before you tune in next week, you can catch us on Instagram throughout the next week. You can catch us on Instagram at the Castle Chat, or you can send us an email at the Castle Chat at gmail.com. Shoot us a review. Do all the things that you love to do. <laughs> that rhymed. I'm so excited about that. Um, we love you guys. We're so grateful for you. Thank you for listening and being a part of the Castle Chat fam. I second everything that just came out of your mouth. Oh. I have nothing to add. Okay, that's great. Well, I have something to add. What might that be? It's that I hope you guys have a great, big, beautiful tomorrow because there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you. Go make it magical. See you real soon. Bye.